0: I wanted to talk about something that's really, really interesting, uh, because as we're moving forward towards the return of Christ, um, you can see that Bible prophecy uh, is being fulfilled very clearly. You can see that. Things Paul prophesied about what the final generation of people would be like before Jesus came. He prophesied these things in his letters to Timothy, and we're seeing them come to pass. Uh, letters to the Thessalonian churches. We're seeing them come to pass. Jesus spoke about these things, what it would be like before uh, Jesus returns. And so we're seeing these things happen. It's interesting when you look into the book of Revelation, um, by the time, you know, as we believe, the rapture has taken place, the church is in heaven. And um, it's not like it's a long period of time, uh, as we believe, that the tribulation is going on uh, before the second coming of Christ, we believe that's about a seven-year period. But one of the interesting things you start to think to yourself is how can how can things really happen that quickly, right? Sometimes you think like that. You're like, how 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 can things in the world happen that swiftly in a seven-year period? How can you get to the place where there's a one-world government? How can you get to the place where there's a one-world economy? How do you get to this place where there's a one world religion uh, in just a short period of time? How does that happen? And then you start to look at it and I'll, I'll start by reading this to you and we're going to talk about uh, some pretty amazing things that happened this last week and what it means uh, for us in America and people around the world. But, but look at this, in, in Revelation 13, uh, the Bible talks about what... The second beast will make happen in the world during that time of tribulation. Revelation chapter 13. uh, And the Bible says. um, I'm going to start reading with. uh, Let's start reading with verse 11. Revelation 13, 11. Uh, The Bible says, then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. I won't get into that, but there are Bible prophecy scholars who believe that this means that the Antichrist will either be resurrected, that the Lord will allow him to actually be resurrected from an assassination, or it will appear as though he's been resurrected. Uh, a mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak And might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Now look at verse 16 because here's one that really uh, people read that and they wonder like how could this be possible? Also, it causes all, both great and small, rich and poor. So it's not just something that they're pushing on the poor. It's not just something that they're pushing on people who are dependent, right? Right. It's both rich and poor, both great and small, both free and slave to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is the name of the beast or the number of his name. And so people read this. What's up, Jamie? Good to see everybody today. Hey, by the way, I didn't, I didn't ask you this, but uh, take a minute to share this today because man, this is... Uh, it's not just a very uh, important message for believers, but this is, this is big news even for the United States of America and for the nations of the world, because as you know, America is such a powerhouse in, in world affairs that many things that happen here are, are affecting nations around the world. So, so you need to hear this. But we look at this passage like, man, how is that possible? That in such a short period of time, you have a, a world economy and you have a world religion and you have a world government, and uh, and so we see that it's happening. How how serious that is? That unless you bow to this, and not not for Christians, but for those that remain, unless you bow to this uh, antichrist system, you'll not be able to buy. Or sell anything, and and you know there's been many theories about how that will be uh, put into practice, put into play. Um, and some people think it'll be microchips. Some people, some people think it'll be actual marks on your hand or forehead. However they do it, the Bible says it will happen. It will happen. Well, I was I don't know if you guys saw this uh, on the news, but you say, well, how can these things happen so quickly? How can they happen so quickly? here's one of the things that I see happening that it it just like tips you off. uh, If you're a logical thinking person, it just tips you off as to how these things could happen so quickly and how they could be affecting whole populations almost immediately. Uh, And it doesn't take 10 years to happen or 20 years to happen. Uh, If you've been watching any kind of financial news uh, over the last week, you may have heard about uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, and if you heard anything about Silicon Valley Bank, this was the 16th largest bank, okay? So, so get this in your mind. This is not some little mom and pop shop, right? Silicon Valley Bank is, the, or was, the 16th largest bank. And it is a bank that was uh, funding So many tech companies, tech startups. Uh, It's located in California, obviously Silicon Valley. But uh, being, they actually labeled themselves the financial partner of the innovation economy. The financial partner of the innovation economy. And so this here's this massive bank, and uh, that people, you know, it's funny because people put their trust in the economy. People put their trust in uh, the, the stock market, the uh, housing industry, they put their, their trust in the banking industry, the world's economy. Um, and here's this massive bank, and all of a sudden they crash last week, fully crash, which obviously is going to affect other things, and they weren't the only bank to crash last week. But this Silicon Valley bank, uh, as they crashed, It freaked so many people out, especially them being not just a large bank, but a bank that held so many corporations' funds and were investing so many corporations' funds. Um, And so you're like, well, how how in the world can something like this happen? How in the world can something like this happen? I'm sure that's the question that was on so many people's minds uh, that that you, you can read news online and Many of them are trying to answer that question. How in the world could something like this happen? Well, what ended up happening that caused them to crash like that is Silicon Valley Bank held a bunch of assets that they were invested in that lost a ton of value. They're they're worth far less money if interest rates go up. So think about that. You own all these assets that are worth far less money if interest rates go up. Well, what happened? Interest rates started going up. And so in response to that, the bank ended up selling off uh, $21 billion of their holdings, of their assets. Sold off $21 billion. Um, but, But because they did that, it resulted in an after-tax loss of almost $2 billion. So, after-tax loss, almost $2 billion, $2 billion to help shore itself up. That's what they wanna do, sell off the assets. Okay, so it's like, how does that happen? Also, on top of all that, the FDIC, right, that insures these bank accounts, you know, I'm sure if you have your money in a, in a checking, savings, money market, whatever, what it, most, most all banks in America, uh, their accounts are insured by the FDIC. Um, but what happens? The FDIC will only insure your money up to $250,000. That's it. $250,000. What if you're a corporation that has $200 million dollars? I mean, you can't diversify that and put a million dollars in 200 different banks. And even if you did, only a quarter of each one of those accounts would be insured. And if, the, if, the, if there was a crash, you'd lose $750,000 on every account. So if you've got $200 million as a corporation, you can't uh, afford to lose all of it because the FDIC will only insure up to $250,000. And so the problem was not necessarily as much for individuals as it was for corporations. Because what are you going to do if you have a $20 million payroll as an international corporation? What are you going to do if you have a a $1 million payroll and you don't have it? So what ended up happening was as the interest rates uh, started going up, and they're still going to go up even further, uh, they just announced, but as they started going up, I don't know if you remember that Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, with Jimmy Stewart. Raise your hand in the comments if you remember the It's a Wonderful Life movie uh, with James Stewart. You know what's interesting is that that movie was a flop, and the reason it became so popular is uh, because uh, television networks needed something to play on repeat, and that, that that movie had like fallen to public domain or something, and started... Uh, playing it nonstop during the holidays and it it became like a Christmas staple for everybody. And so it became popular even though the original movie was a flop. Um, But in that movie, do you remember when um, Jimmy Stewart has to run into the bank and he's trying to uh, make deals with people because they did a bank run and there was fear about the economy so everybody ran in and tried to pull their money out of the bank at the same time? You remember that scene? And he jumps behind the counter and goes into the vault and he says, you know, um, he's trying to save the bank and he says, all right, the first lady, ma'am, how much money are you trying to pull out today? I want, I want $500. And he says, okay, I can't, I can't give you $500. Can I, can I, can we make it work? Can I give you 50 today? Can I give you $50? And he goes in there to save the bank and makes deals with each customer, Right about how much money they're gonna pull out so that he doesn't have all of the deposits of the bank pulled out at one time. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because that is what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. Was With all of these things going on, interest rates going up, which meant their assets were depreciating, hardcore, so they sell off a bunch of assets and take a $2 billion hit. So now companies are getting nervous, right? Companies that have their money in the bank, they see the bank starting to fail and they get nervous. So what do they do? Companies did what happened in that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, in one business day. And in one business day, they tr- customers of that bank withdrew a quarter, one quarter, of the bank's total deposits in one day. Crashed the bank. Because obviously all that money's not there. The bank's using it for other things and investments and all that. And in one business day, a quarter of the bank's deposits were withdrawn by customers. Well, it destroys. So what's crazy is, think about this. You say, how, how, did, how did they even get to this place? All right, well, here's, here's why I want to talk about it prophetically. Because how can this stuff happen so quickly? How can this stuff happen so quickly? Well... How can we get to a prophetic position where, uh, the finances of the world are controlled by an antichrist spirit? How can we get to that place so quickly? Well, the way that it can happen, look what happened here. It's manipulation, right? It's, it's total manipulation. And what I mean by that is, I'll give you an example. Listen to this. Let me read you something. You say like, how, how in the world did this, uh, you know, how in the world did this happen? Well, what ended up happening was that when the Federal Reserve announced that they were going to raise interest rates, obviously to stave off inflation, right? That's the whole point. I want to stave off inflation. I was explaining it this morning to somebody saying, you know, look, look at, for example, Florida where I live, and after the housing economy crashed... Uh, in 2008, right, interest rates have been pretty low going forward, right, pretty low interest rates, but then after everybody, you know, during the pandemic and after wanted to move to Florida, what was happening in my state? Housing prices were going through the roof, going through the roof. Well, why was that happening? Why, Why was it happening? It wasn't just that people were moving here. It wasn't just that they were moving here. Um, yeah, so listen, listen to what Dylan says. A branch manager of a bank in Scranton, Pennsylvania told me that as, that they, as the bank can't get money from the fed loan to them under 5%. So the interest rates are going to go up again. So think about this. If the bank is your middleman getting, uh, you know, money from the federal reserve or whatever they're doing, these globalist bankers, if they're loaning it out at five, don't forget, your bank has to make money on you. So they have to raise it above five, which they've already uh, decided to do. It's very quickly going to go up uh, to 5.65, I read in this article here. So he's saying five, but the banks are going to start to go to 5.65. So what's, what's happening? They're trying to stave off inflation. Well, what does that mean? Uh, you, you look at what's happening here in Florida uh, over the last three years, and housing prices went through the roof. I mean, houses were selling at stupid amounts of money, small townhouses, small one-story ranch, stupid amounts of money. Well, what's causing that? A couple of things. Number one, if the interest rates are low, that means it's easier for people to get loans because they can afford to get the loans, right, if you get a low interest rate. And so that means money is available to a lot more people to buy homes. And because money's available to a lot more people, that means that now people who want to sell their homes have a ton of buyers to choose from. And if they've got a ton of buyers to choose from, that means that demand goes through the roof for that housing product, which means now I can play one buyer off another and jack my prices up And that's exactly what was happening in Florida. There were people coming from out of state. Listen to this. There were people that were coming from out of state buying homes for like a million dollars or more sight unseen with no inspection. Think about that. Sight unseen with no inspection. I'm coming from New Jersey. I wanna buy a house in Florida uh, I don't care. I just I can't hardly get anything, so I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I've never seen it. I've never been there. No inspection necessary. And and these sellers were doing everything they could to get the the most amount of money for these homes because everybody had access to loans and money, right? And so what what do you do to correct that? Obviously, uh, they're raising interest rates. What does that do? When you raise interest rates, it makes it makes it harder for people to gain access to loans because they can't afford the loans. But what, does it, but what does it actually do? It really hits middle America more than it does the wealthy. It drives down middle, middle America and younger people so that they can't afford to get a home, right? And so what, what, what then happens is that the inflation of those prices starts to go down, which has already happened here in Florida. Homes that used to be a million dollars are now selling for like $775,000. So uh, it, it is already happening to where the prices of those homes, well, why? Because the demand goes down because not as many people can get loans, so the money's not there. Well, that's what was happening with these companies, right? If you're a startup business, like a tech business in Silicon Valley, you've got all these venture capital firms that wanna give you money investment on your great idea uber Netflix Airbnb Twitter whatever over the years Facebook you know Peter Thiel uh, invested in Facebook back in you know whatever year that was 2003 or whatever Peter Thiel dumped a bunch of money into Facebook back when it was still a startup what are they doing these venture capitalists they're looking at your business and saying man this is a great idea I'm getting in on this from the ground up okay But when that money no longer becomes available because it's harder and harder for them to get money at that, at that low, that low, uh, interest rate, then these companies have to start using the money they already have, which is what they started to do, which is why they went to, to withdraw their own funds all at once, not wanting to lose and having to still do payroll and all the other things can't do it. So bam, it hits these banks hard, crashing the banks. And I started to think to myself, because I not only that, but I, I went to look at this, after it's not like they just helped the bank. It's not like they just helped the bank, which this kind of blew my mind, is that um, after after that happened, they they let it fail, and uh, they they basically. The FDIC formed their own new bank to take its place. So the FDIC has like something deposit insurance bank of California, whatever they started the name, the name of it's here, but that's basically what they did. They let the one bank fail and then created their own bank, right? So that they could now take its place. Then you start to think about this and I have a reading recommendation for you. If you've never read this, I think it'll really, it'll really help you to see something. We keep talking about the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve. Sometimes you hear it referred to as the Fed. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the federal government. That's like such a misconception. The, just because it says federal, the Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the federal government. In fact, uh, if you go read this book, I think it will help you a ton. There's a book called The Creature from Jekyll Island, if you've never read that, I don't know if Tiff, if you can find that on Amazon and put the link in, but the, yeah, that's right, Glenn. It's a privatized bank. It's run by global banks uh, and European banks. The book is called The Creature from Jekyll Island. And it's about the formation of the Federal Reserve. If you've never read that, you should, you should definitely read it and get it. Because that that formation of the Federal Reserve was one of the things, and I, I think it was extremely detrimental, but uh, here's the link. If you don't have it, uh, you, can, you can order it on Amazon or get the Kindle edition or whatever. It's, it's something that you, you need to understand. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with the federal government. So we've got now, but think about it. If the Federal Reserve is changing these interest rates, right? it's affecting the nation uh, drastically drastically. If banks, as uh, Dylan Drost was saying in the comments, if banks can't even get money from the Fed uh, for lower than a 5% interest rate, what are they going to do to you? What are they going to do to corporations? They're not going to lose money on loans. Loans are obviously one of the main ways banks make money. So here in California, they shot themselves in the foot double time right? Because now we're not going to give out as many loans or loans at a a lower interest rate. It's going to be higher, but I need to give out the loans in order to make money. But now instead of getting loans from us, these, these startup companies are now pulling out from the bank. So the very thing I need to do to make money, I don't want to do, you see, it's a double-edged sword. So they're actually, uh, they're actually hurting themselves by doing the thing they need to do. And so You look at that. Now, here's a question for you when when asking. I'm talking about prophetic. I'm getting ready to take you into the scripture in just a second. Here's a question for you. What if, what if the Fed did something like that where they they raised interest rates to to a stupid level, you know? What if they went to seven and a half or 8%? What if they went up to a stupid level and, um, and then manipulated the economy to the point where these banks crashed, right, and and corporations can't pay payroll. So then by extension, individuals and families are affected because the corporation they work for can't pay their payroll because the bank, exactly, Glenn, so because the bank that uh, that their corporation works with crashed and doesn't have the money available for withdrawal to pay their payroll. So now families and individuals are affected by this very thing because of a move that global banks made with an antichrist agenda and spirit. You know, if you don't know that by now, you're not listening or understanding what's going on. And so what if there was a manipulation that affected the corporations as this did? Uh, because if you look back, you know, people don't know this, uh, but they created something after the housing after the housing market uh, basically went flop in, you know, I remember I was living in Virginia at the time. I owned a house in Virginia Beach and uh, we never had any issue obviously, but there were like four or five people on our block and some of y'all had to deal with the same thing. There were like four or five people on our block who were affected by the, the 2008 housing issue and they, were for, they had to foreclose Four, five foreclosures on your street will hurt your comps on your value of your property pretty quickly, and so there were. Though I was not affected, and others that I knew weren't, many were. So what happens? Now your property value goes down. So you say, well, what? What is this? What, what? What is the thing that was going on? Well, they had a zero interest rate policy. It was called ZIRP that the Federal Reserve put out for these companies to get going, to start up, to get the economy going and make money in the economy and create jobs and all that. Uh, And they created something called ZIRP, Z-I-R-P, Zero Interest Rate Policy. But then when you raise it for these companies from zero percent to five (laughs) percent, that's a massive jump in, in, uh, in interest. And so what does it do? It causes a panic, it causes failure. And they're making the decision to do that. So the question you ask yourself is if they have the, uh, the ability to do that, if they have the ability to make those changes uh, without the kind of oversight you'd expect, then, then what's to stop the manipulation from happening? What's to stop an agenda from... Uh, being put in place or moving forward? What's to stop that from happening? And so then you start to realize it doesn't take that long, right? It doesn't take that long uh, for these things to happen. It really does not. You know, with some of these things that I believe are just a test, like, for example, the supply chain, you know, when they try to have these uh, issues in the trucking industry and whatever, and that, uh, you know, the, the, the supply chains, you know, messing up or whatever, you can't get products and you can't get things to grocery stores and you can't get, you know, whatever gas to gas stations or whatever it might be. Uh, I believe a lot of these things are, are literally just tests to see, uh, what would take place? How, how would the population, um, function and react when these things are happening? So, and you can see they do these trial runs, you know, They've announced trial runs. If you remember, uh, what was it, last summer, they had announced that they were going to do a trial run of power grid shutdowns, which which never actually came to pass. But, um, you know, you, you start to see it. What, how will the population react, exactly, Glenn, to try to measure panic? How do you measure panic in these situations? And then how will people respond in a panic state, et cetera? So it's not like we don't know that there are government entities that uh, have their own plans and can manipulate. We know that we've known it for years, known it for decades. It's as long as the world's been around, but, uh, it should not be a surprise to us ever. If we sit there and read the Bible and say, well, how in the world, uh, do we expect these things to come to pass so quickly? It can't, it can't mean that everyone in the world, no, the Bible means what it says. He makes all both small and great, both rich and poor, both slave and free to receive a mark in their right hand or their forehead. And if they don't, they cannot buy nor can they sell. We saw a short period of that happening even during 2020, 2021, right? Where there were grocery stores that were not allowing people in if they didn't have you know, vaccinations or whatever. I mean, it was, or, or masks or however they wanna, whatever you wanna do, they just wouldn't let you. They just wouldn't let you, uh, a manipulation of control. So it's, it shouldn't be some kind of a surprise to people that this is what uh, is possible. And could easily like, and then think about this, what though it says the rich and small or the rich and poor, the small and the great, uh, the slave and free, imagine how easy now think about this. Imagine how easy it is for people who are dependent, right? Uh, imagine how easy it is for people who are dependent where all they have to say to you is, sorry, you can't get your Medicare or Medicaid. You can't get your welfare check or you can't get, I mean, whatever it might be that you're dependent for and they say, sorry, you can't get it unless, right? Because now there's massive leverage. You can't get it unless. Very easy to do. So we should never be surprised when we read these things and think, I don't know how in the world that'll happen. It's very easy to see how it would happen. But here's the part that I want to get into your spirit today, that though there is an anti-Christ spirit at work. Right, AJ, social security, pensions, whatever it might be, prescriptions filled. I mean, they can go as far as they want. But think about this. As we are part of the body of Christ, one of the most encouraging things you could ever see in the scripture regarding the uh, last days and what's going on in the world is what the apostle John wrote in first John chapter four. And then I'm going to go further with this because if you are in the kingdom of God, you are separated from not only the spirit of this world, but the system of this world. And I want, I want you to put it in the comments. Those of you that are watching, and even if you're watching the replay, put it in the comments. I am separated from this world's system, not just the spirit of this world, the system of this world put that in the comments and let it be an encouragement I'm separated from this world's system Amen You're not tied to the Antichrist agenda You're not tied to the Antichrist agenda so let me just read this this passage First John four verses one through four Look at this beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God for many false prophets have gone out into the world by this, you know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So this is nothing new. This was 2000 years ago. This is nothing new. The spirit of Antichrist is here already. He writes 2000 years ago and before Jesus, it was just an anti-God spirit. Jezebel, killing the prophets, that's an anti-God spirit, right? Pharaoh, wanting to put the people of God in slavery, that's anti-God spirit. King Nebuchadnezzar, King Darius, what they had to do, anti-God spirit, right? But look at verse 4, little children, now speaking to us, you are from God, hallelujah. That'll make you shout right there, just that one phrase, you are from God, hallelujah. In fact, Now put that in the comments. I am from God. I am from God. Hallelujah. You are from God and have overcome them. Who's the them? Spirits of Antichrist. The Antichrist agenda. The Antichrist system. You are from God and have overcome them. Glory to God. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The Antichrist spirits. Thank you, Jesus. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So now, let's ask the question, who's in you then? Well, according to the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 8, the Bible says it is the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead. He's dwelling in you, not just dwelling in you, quickening your mortal body, your physical body. That's the Holy ghost. So the one who is in you is the Holy ghost. And he is not only quickening or strengthening your physical body. He's leading and guiding you into all truth. He's giving you peace that passes all understanding. See, people can't get this. How can we as Christians see these things happening in the news, see these things happening in the culture, how can we see these things happening around the world and still lay our head on the pillow and sleep peacefully at night? The reason is because we've got a peace that goes beyond human understanding. I am not. I see these things happen. I'm not scared about it. I'm not afraid of it. Why? I'm not from this world system. I'm not a part of this world's antichrist agenda. I am from God, right? And greater is he that is in me, that is in you, than he that's in the world. I'm not afraid of it. No, no, we have already overcome, okay? So so let me just say, and that's right, Glenn, he gives his loved ones rest or sleep, but then go go a little bit further with me. I, and I could take you to so many passages, uh, so many passages in the Old Testament, New Testament, but but get this in your spirit, Second uh, Kings seven, you know that one. Second Kings four, you know that one. Um, we, we could go through multiple passages of Scripture. First Kings seventeen, it doesn't matter what's actually happening in the world system, because God, who we are in covenant with, by the way. Hallelujah. In fact, put this in the comments and write it in your notes and never forget it. Put it down. I have a covenant with the provider. Hallelujah. In fact, let me expand it. I have a covenant with the provider and the creator. Thank you, Jesus. Put that in the comments. I have a covenant with the provider and the creator. One and the same, Jehovah, Jireh. Our most high God. I have a covenant with the provider and the creator. And the reason I expanded it is because uh, sometimes in our mind, we hear provider and, and you think to yourself in a natural sense, which we shouldn't do about God, but people think, well, He's our provider, but what about when there's nothing available to provide? You know, people start thinking in natural terms. What about when there's nothing in the natural for me to have? How can he still provide? That's why it's important to remember, he's not just the provider, he's the creator. He's the creator. Even if there's nothing available in the natural realm, he's your creator. That means he can create something that was not previously there and bless you in abundance. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. That'll make you run, man. Even though there may not be nothing that, that was there previously, he can create something and provide it for you in abundance. He's a God who multiplies. He's a God that adds. He's a God that creates. He's a God that provides. He's our caretaker. Hallelujah. And he has a plan to bless us abundantly. So you see these passages like uh, here they are in the midst of a siege in 2 Kings 7, nothing coming in, nothing going out. They are in a siege. They're, they're in such poverty that, and in starvation that women are eating their own babies and other people's babies. That's serious poverty. When you are so hungry that you're willing to eat your baby and your neighbor's baby serious poverty and it looked like nothing was possible nothing was available and then the prophet of God gets up and says by this time tomorrow thank you Jesus this is how quickly God can work for you this is how quickly God can turn things around by this time tomorrow you'll buy barley and flour and everything in the city square for an extremely cheap price extremely cheap price. Well, that, there's no way that's true in the natural realm because when there's that much lack, the demand is so high, as I explained before, even with the housing market, that the prices go through the roof. So how in the world am I gonna be able to buy barley and flour in the city square at an extremely low price when everyone is starving? That, that's gonna mean the prices on those things are gonna go through the roof. No, no, they won't. Well, here's the question. Why won't they? Why won't they go through the roof, the prices? It's because what God's about to provide will will be so abundant in quantity that the demand will not be high because there's so much more than enough for everybody who needs, right? So what happens? There's so much more. There's not going to be run out. When the miracle hits, there's not going to be run out. So there's so much available, people can get their fill and there's still tons more for everybody else. So the demand uh, does not run massively high, no. Though people need it, the demand will be low because there's so much, it's like a flooded market. It's a flooded market and that's what happened. God worked the miracle in 24 hours and there was a flooded market. Do you know what the Lord's been leading me to say? I said it first on this broadcast, and then I started saying it in our revival services. You know what that is? I'm never in a bull market. I'm never in a bear market. I'm in a blood market. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to keep saying that. I am never in a bull market. I am never in a bear market. I am in a blood market. Because the bull and the bear, it doesn't, that, that doesn't matter to the believer. Because the Bible declares we are not um, uh, affected in, in that same way by the world system. I'm not in a bull market. I'm not in a bear market. I'm in a blood market. And the blood market is literally the covenant that I have through the blood of Jesus with my creator, with my provider, which means no matter what's going on in the natural world, that God's economy is not affected by the world system. God's economy is not affected by the world system. I'm never in a bear market or a bull market. I am in a blood market in Jesus' name. And that's how it functions. Because I've got a covenant by the blood of Jesus with the Most High God, who is the creator and the provider. So I'm not going to sit around worrying and wondering how I'm going to make it, and what if this happens, and what if that happens. What if it does? So what if it does? Because here's the thing. If you'll remember, God gets the most glory when he blesses you with contrast. You say, what does that mean? Uh, What does it mean when God blesses you with contrast? That's when God does something where there's such a massive contrast because though it looks like there's nothing available and nothing's happening and nothing can happen, then God does something abundant. And it's a contrast because here's all this provision from God when all around you it looks like there's scarcity. Hallelujah. When all around you it looks like scarcity, and then God does something massive. And it's like, wow. And then people say, How did that happen? How'd you get that? How did that come? I mean, you must have got a deal. Where'd that come from? Do you know somebody I don't know? Yes, I do. He's the provider, he's the creator. And here's, here's where I really want to drive into your spirit because we're going to be so blessed in 2023, it will freak people out. It'll freak the world system out. We'll be so blessed. This is our year of transformation, 2023, our year of transformation. We will see things turn around so quickly that we'll get to the end of the year and look back and say, how in the world did God do it that fast? How in the world did God do it that quickly? And it's a contrast, doesn't matter. It's not based on the world system. It's based on the kingdom, hallelujah. It's based on the kingdom. Somebody wrote a testimony in, uh, even during prayer and fasting and said, God just did something so big that with one contract, it doubled my husband's salary for the year, doubled the salary for the year with one contract. God does big things and then takes all the glory for the things that he does, amen. And so that's why I tell you, I'm not afraid. And then we, then we look at, the, like, for example, the scripture that Brother Glenn quoted, Psalm 127 and verse 2, that God gives his loved ones sleep or rest. That means you're not called to worry. Why would I worry knowing who I'm connected to? Amen. Jesus has given me a covenant. I have divine connection. If you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Thank you, Jesus. If you belong to Christ, Galatians 3.29, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Say it with me. I am an heir. I have an inheritance. I am an heir. I have an inheritance. Hallelujah. And, And I'm just telling you, that you need to expect such massive breakthroughs, not just this year. Set your faith. March is a month of miracles. We're going to have miracles in March in Jesus' name. Miracles in March in Jesus' name. Miracles in March in Jesus' name. We're not backing up. That's right, Nancy. This is a month of miracles, and we're going to see God move in a massive way, in a massive way. I'm so happy And I, you know, I don't have these things planned out. I just go, what I, what I hear the Holy Spirit say, but I'm so happy that we get to launch the church, Miracle Word Church in a month of miracles. Hallelujah. Miracles in March. That's what we've been declaring. Miracles in March. We're going to launch our church, which in, in itself is a miracle. Everything God has done for Miracle Word Church is a miracle. And we're launching in a month of miracles. And God's just, we're going to see so many things take place by the power of God's spirit that, you know what I'm asking? And this is not, listen, this is by no means is this uh, for, so we can brag or have, none of that. It, God gets all the glory anyway, because I couldn't do these things. Me, in my human might. I could never do these things. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's, it's not so I have anything to say. It's so that I can give God more praise and glory. But you know what I've asked the Lord? I've asked the Lord to make us a spectacle. Hallelujah. And I'm going to continue to pray that, uh, you know, as as long as I can, until we're a, not a little thing, a big spectacle. I'm going to ask God, make us a spectacle that you lift us up in such favor and blessing that people all over, I mean all over, have to take a look and see wow, what in the world is going on with Miracle Word Church? What's going on in South Florida? What's going on in West Palm Beach? What is happening? What is, what, what, what is that? What is that? And it's because all we'll be able to say, it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. That's all we'll be able to say. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. <laughs> Hallelujah. God make us a spectacle. God, make the victory tribe a spectacle in Jesus' name. Make the victory tribe a spectacle. Lift them up, head and shoulders above the rest of their generation. You know, I was preaching like that one time and somebody actually jumped on the broadcast comments and was like, well, brother, I hope you don't mean God will make me uh, head and shoulders against my brother, uh, above my brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's like, it's mind-blowing to me that people still can't understand that not everyone is going to be blessed at the same level because not everybody is willing to make the same sacrifices and to live with the same diligence and perseverance. God bless everybody the same. It doesn't work like that. This is not a socialist kingdom. This is not a Marxist communist kingdom. This is the kingdom of God and God blesses diligence and faithfulness. That's how it works. And so it's not going to be the same for everybody, but that's why I'm encouraging the victory tribe. For us, it's going to be different. For us, we're going to see mighty rewards. Why? Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what he is. That's what he is. God rewards those who diligently seek him. He shows himself strong and mighty on behalf of people whose hearts are turned toward him. That's exactly what he does. His word declares it. And so let me tell you, we're going to experience not only miracles and marks, but transformation in 2023 to the place it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. I mean, what, let me just encourage you with this. The things God has already done for Miracle Word Church, uh, the the things that he's given us and put in our hand, the things that he's blessed us with, these are things that many churches in 10, 15, 20 years, they never, they never get to that spot or it takes them that long to get to that place. We're just the, only the things he's put in our hand and given to us cash. I mean, it's, it's. I told my wife, I was, I was talking to her this morning, I said, do you see, I mean, it, it couldn't be any clearer that God's hand is on Miracle Word Church. I mean, it could not be any clearer that God's hand is on it. I mean, there's no way to look at all that he's done already. We've never held one service yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. We've never held one service yet. And God's already done so many things that all, I, I can only thank him. I can only praise him. It, it's I'm getting blessed just telling you about it. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. The team he's blessed us with. I look around at the team God's given us now and all the people that surround this ministry, all the people that are doing work day in and day out, the most faithful people you could ever imagine, the most diligent people, the most talented people you could ever imagine, ever. And let me tell you, I speak from experience when I say that because I've traveled the world I've traveled to churches, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of churches. And I've seen, and and thank God for everybody working where they're at, but I can tell you that God has blessed us with extraordinary people. And it's not, I don't take it for granted. God has blessed us. God brought this team together. And that alone, just that alone has been such a huge blessing. And then on top of that, all the things that God has put into our hands to get this church launch going, I can only give him thanks and praise. Things that people, I mean, literally, it would take decades to do this in your own strength and might. And God has just put it in our hands. Literally put it in our hands. I mean, and that's right, Erica. It's only the beginning. I like that, speaking faith like that. I want people around me and at our church, like Erica, that will speak faith like that. And if people come in speaking doubt and unbelief and fear, it'll quickly change for them because they'll hear the message of faith. And it'll turn their heart around to understand, no, what does the Bible say? What does God's word say? I want people like that, like Erica and her family that that declare this is just the beginning. And it's, she's exactly right because this is just the beginning because God's just getting started with Miracle Word Church and he's just getting started with you. If you've been blessed, you've not seen anything yet. If you've been blessed, you've not seen anything yet. God's looking for those faithful people. And as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, let me tell you, there's less and less time for God to bring the harvest back that he promised you. We're going to begin to see, uh, expedited harvests. In fact, I want you to put it in the comments. I see people on the comments that are already members of Miracle Word Church. I see Jess Burton, Jared Burton. they're, They're already here. They're raring to go. I see Erica. I see others. Mike and Caitlin, I I see people that are already here raring to go. I see Jessica Cross when she jumps on and I mean, God is just drawing wonderful, amazing people to this church and it's just the beginning, but I I want you to, I want you to get that in your heart, get it in your spirit. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen. It will be like nothing we've ever seen. If you, (laughs) if you've been blessed in the past, get ready because you've not seen anything yet. The, f- by far, the best days are yet to come by far. The best days are yet to come. And let me, let me just say, uh, I would seriously consider it. You know, I can't, I can't believe all the messages we get. You know, the people come and say, man, there's not any good churches where I live. Move, move, move to where the power of God, uh, in these churches is flowing. We're not the only church that's going to have that. There's, there's many churches that are on fire for God. But let me tell you, if you're in a place where you can't seem to find something that uh, where the spirit of God is moving, it's more important to plant yourself and your family in a place where the power of God is at work than it is to just uh, tolerate deadness every Sunday. Say, well, you know, I've just lived here for a long time. No, don't go by tradition. Don't go by tradition. Make a move by faith and declare, you know what? I'm going to plant myself where the spirit of God is moving. And watch, you've got to be led by the Spirit, obviously. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, I couldn't be more thankful. And when I start to think about it, all that God's done already, and His hand of blessing. Whew. Amen. Julie's declaring, Julie and John, I declare a debt-free building for Miracle Word Church. In Jesus' name. God will put it into our hands. God will do it. And then He'll get all the glory. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, I, and I, I, I did this. I don't want this uh, you know, podcast, if you're listening, or this broadcast, if you're watching, I don't want this to be something like, man, I didn't know that stuff was happening in the world. And it's not, I'm not telling you these things to provoke fear. I want you to understand that they don't matter. Because if you're a part of God's family, and you're in the covenant, and you're in the kingdom, we're on a different system. That's why we're not on a bear market or a bull market. We're in a blood market. And I'll remind you once again from Jeremiah 17 that we don't put our trust in flesh. We don't do that. We don't put our trust in flesh ever. No, you cannot uh, look unto God for help and look unto man for help at the same time. Our trust is not in flesh. We'll not do that because it brings a curse. And the Bible says in doing so, putting your trust in flesh, you turn your back on God or you turn away from God. Our trust is not in flesh. It's not in men. It is in the word of God. It's in the power of God. Hallelujah. And we're going to have miracles in 2023 in the mighty name of Jesus. And you've got, that's right, Laura. You've got a covenant with the provider and the creator. It's going to be the best year we've ever seen. A banner year, a banner year in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every person who's watching me right now. And I thank you that no matter what's going on in this world system, that we will be abundantly blessed. We thank you, Lord, that as we continue to be faithful, as we continue to sow, as we continue to tithe, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the power of your spirit is upon our family's finances, that we only go higher. We're only getting greater because you're our provider, you are the creator, and you're the one who has established the blessing among your own kingdom. And there's no recession in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. And we thank you, Lord, that you never run out of any good thing. And you've already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we give you praise and thanks today in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, for those that are watching, for those that are listening, give them an instruction. What are we to do as we sow seed? Give us instructions as we move forward. We're going to have the greatest year of harvest we've ever seen because we've got the greatest year of sowing we've ever had. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.